This is Laura Van Arendongba, and you're listening to To Write and Have Written, a writer's guide to the business side. This is an audio recording of the weekly live stream where you can join us each Tuesday on Twitch. Details and a schedule of upcoming guests and topics can be found at lauravab.com. Now to this week's episode. How about this, guys? Can anybody hear me over here? Do I sound slightly less like a demonic hamster? Oh, hey, thanks, Shy Red Fox, for subscribing. And oh, and apparently I do sound less like a demonic hamster. That's great. Okay, so I just swapped um, my sound inputs. Um, and okay, so this is good. Totally worked to stay right here. Apparently, something happened to my microphone just as I went live. To be fair, I worked it really hard over the weekend, and it may have just given up. Um, I had a major conference over the weekend. I was uh, over here in this in this space for an ungodly number of hours a day, and the mic may have just surrendered. I don't know. Well, I'll check on that later. But in the meantime, hey, welcome. <laughs> it is Tuesday night. This is To Write and Have Written, and I'm Laura Benarendonkba, and we're going to talk about stuff. Yay! Okay. Um, so tonight's topic um, is a bit of a, it's one, it, it can be a scary topic because um, I've been around long enough that I've seen it discussed from a lot of different angles with a lot of misinformation attached and um, and a lot of uh, drama and angst attached. <laughs> so um, we're gonna we're gonna break it down. We're gonna make it try to make it a manageable topic. Um, please bring your questions into this. Um, I don't know uh, how long we'll spend on this because I'm hoping to just make it as clear and simple as possible. But if we need to spend some extra time on it, we can do that. So and that is the topic of the author platform, thunder roll, lightning, lightning, brrr, yeah. So, um, and the reason is, I mean, if, if you're just coming into the publishing industry, um, you know, within the last year or so, you've definitely heard of an author platform and the need for one, but you may have missed some of the most extreme drama around it. Um, and and I'm going to touch on that uh, as we go. But uh, <laughs> I, I love the I love the reactions in the chat here. Ah, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, still getting some weird distortion on the sound. I am sorry. I this is this is what I've got. I could switch to my other headset, and that's probably got a better sound quality. Let me do that just because this will eventually end up as a podcast as well, and it would be great if people could actually hear it. So give me just a moment. Let me make sure I've got a battery on this one. Oh, it says the battery is full. That's fantastic. And I should have sound now. I'm hoping I've got sound. We'll hope I have sound. Okay. Yay. First one was audible, just a little crackly. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't know what's going on with the audio. It got scared off by the topic of author platforms. So <laughs> let's, let's roll with this. Okay, this one does sound better. Great. Awesome. We'll stay here. Again, I want, want, want this to be uh, intelligible for our podcast listeners as well. Okay, so, and I'm seeing in the chat a number of you are saying, yes, author platforms is a thing that you uh, have wanted to work on, that you might need to work on, has been a frightening topic, <laughs> all of that um, is, is completely legitimate. Especially a few years ago, there was the common wisdom, and in some cases explicitly stated, uh, expectation that you had to have a certain platform, a certain reach um, that was defined quantitatively for a publisher to accept your work. These numbers were often, and I'm going to say this in the gentlest way possible, crazy, 
um, like unrealistic, um, absolutely insane, um, you know, and, and things I saw floated around. I actually did a little Googling yesterday just to kind of, you know, make sure that I wasn't remembering things in an exaggerated form. And so I went onto the interwebs and I started pulling up uh, recommendations and um and things for author platforms. And I was spending a lot of time in the 2014 era, um, as, as you do. I love the time search feature on Google. Anyway, um, and I kept seeing things like, you know, you need 25,000 uh, followers on Twitter before a publisher will even look at your query. And um, one thing from an actual publisher who... Um, uh, was just, oh yeah, we, we really want somebody with a lot of reach. Well, what's, what, what number would that be? I don't know, like a million, like, like, you know, like everybody just has a million followers. Like that's a thing. Okay. Um, so let me start by saying, don't worry about that. We'll get to why. I, I, I think I have no inside information, but I think I know where that was coming from. I'm also going to tell you that that is not, uh, necessary for you to be successful today. So, um, that was a, a weird phase we went through. You can stop worrying about it. Now let's talk about practical aspects. So, um, okay, so, sorry, I moved my chat, which um, is a little bit sad because I'd love to be able to see you guys a little bit, but let me see if I can get this back here. Um, but the, uh, um, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So shy um, asking about if the publishers didn't want to market as hard. Yeah. It's a way easier to sell something that already has an audience, right? I mean, look at Hollywood and, you know, whatever movie part seven and supposed to new material. Okay. It's the same kind of concept. Um, yeah. Oh, right. No big deal. Yeah. Who doesn't have a million followers? Jeez. Come on. We all have that. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> you thought BS is your term. That's fair. This is a family friendly channel. Um, so, oh, you shy did battle with a newsletter. That's great. Awesome. Okay. And I think I'm caught up with the chat. So I'm going to try to keep up, um, seeing you guys a little bit better here. Um, so everything I did this be for this conference this weekend, I had, um, I had three different cameras running. I had, um, multiple light stands and platforms um, because uh, I was doing, among other things, uh, it's an animal behavior conference and I was doing training demos. So I've got cameras and cameras and cameras and lights and lights and platforms so that I had different heights of platforms in different locations so I could do different kinds of demos and everything. And so um, I have much of that reassembled, but not all of it. <laughs> so I apologize for having to move some things here on the fly. Um, Okay, so yes, that all was coming back to um, publishers, you know, if they're, you know, looking at, you know, we need to acquire two new authors, this one nobody's ever heard of, this one has 25,000 people following them, it seemed to make sense that, you know, that, that they would take the person with the more followers. Um, but we'll get back to there. So, hey, TR, thanks for stopping by. All right. Um, okay. So here's, let's start with defining what a platform is because uh, it's one of those words get thrown around a lot and not everybody, you know, comes with this knowledge already built in. Um, a platform is basically your public facing persona, your public facing reach. It is anything you do that interfaces with your readers, your public fans, strangers, whatever. Um, so it can cover a lot of ground Typically, what you'll see people think of first is things like your website, your mailing list, your social media. Okay, it can be more than that. Speaking engagements would be part of your platform. But, um, but again, most people tend to focus on website, mailing list, social media as kind of the core of that. I'm going to say don't limit yourself. If you have an avenue to, to reach people in another way, don't say, oh, it's not Twitter, it doesn't count. It definitely counts. It probably counts more than Twitter does, okay? Uh, social media is um, is kind of a vanity metric. We've talked about that before um, in marketing, um, but that's, anyway, we'll get, we'll get to that. Uh, but what I want you to think of is the platform is everything you have that is, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just saw Kate, everything counts more than Twitter. Um, I don't know, like, I, like, I don't, me, we, like, you know, uh, yeah, uh, Friendster or whatever. Anyway, whatever. Um, the, we're going to think about everything you're doing that's interfacing uh, with the public. Anytime people can see you and your work and both of those, you 
and or your work. Um, that's part of your platform. My strong recommendation is that you assess all of these pieces of your platform. And I'm going to, uh, just in a way that makes me happy, describe them as tentacles going in all directions. So there's my Twitter following, and here's my Facebook page, and here's my website. This is my newsletter. This is the speaking engagement. You know, this is my my weekly stream, you know, all of these things. Um, and you're going to have all of those funneling back to one central hub. Yes, Kate, I'm sorry, you do have to make your work visible. That is part of having a platform. It is easier to sell your product if people are aware that there is a product. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> well, that that is a whole other thing that we can, we can go into, but, um, you're all, you want to bring all of these back to one central hub. People have different uh, hubs that they use, but my absolute strongest recommendation, and I'm not going to mention anything else, would be to have a website. The reason for this is you control your website. You own your website. You can take your website anywhere. Uh, you are, if you have done it well, um, and we'll We'll get to this too. If you've done it well, you can hop to another server, have that website back up and running again in minutes, and um, and it doesn't matter if the company who is hosting your website goes down. It doesn't matter if you know what we we, we are living through. But I'm not going to get terribly political, but we are living through a oh noes. I hate this social media. I'm going to move to this other social media where they only t turn off the people I disagree with and you know, all of this stuff is going on. So um, putting your eggs in the more volatile baskets is probably not a great plan. So um, the advice has long been to have a website as your hub. And I think that's becoming only more and more important uh, as we go forward. So, um, so yeah, there we go. Um, so let's talk about that um, actually just for a moment. The absolute essential part that I, I want to use as a hub and whether or not this is my sole, whether it is my, my primary piece of my platform or whether it's just the organizing center, that's something that we can work with. Uh, but it, I really, really want that hub to be there. Um, and my strong recommendation is that you build your website in a way that it is the most flexible and most portable. What I mean by that is uh, my website, I, I build on uh, WordPress, uh, open source content management software. Um, and I would do that, you know, there's others, there are other competing open, you know, um, open management, content management softwares, Joomla is another one. Okay, there are others out there, but I use WordPress and I would recommend WordPress if you're just getting started. Um, I used to use Joomla, I switched. It's not that I, it's not that I don't like other things. I'm just trying to recommend things that I think would be the most useful for you at this time. Um, here's the thing, if you go with one of those uh, proprietary website builders, Wix is one, Squarespace is one, Weebly, something like that. Those work only on that company's server. You can't export it, hop over to another host and put it back up. You need to start from scratch. That means you are stuck with them. Should their service degrade or their prices increase, uh, you have a lot more friction to getting out because you have to start over if you get out. Um, and if something happens, you know, there's a, um, you know, an attack on one of their servers or, or whatever, um, or they, they get into trouble legally or who knows what the case might be, you're at the mercy of everything that's going on before you can get back up and operational again. Whereas if you have something that is extremely flexible and can be hosted anywhere, WordPress is open source software. You can put it anywhere. Um, I can export my WordPress site. Actually, I probably don't even have to because I'm making regular backups, right? You're making regular backups of your website, just like you would back up your work in progress. Just saying. Okay, so, but I've got that backup. I set up a new hosting account. I click import. Boom, I'm up again in a couple of minutes, okay? And so this this particular host, their service is slowing down. They're, they're, they're having problems. They're increasing their rates and I don't like it. I can move to a new place and be up. 
So, yes, Shai is backups, backups. Kate is sneaking off to back up her website. Good. Thank you. All right. Excellent. My work here is done. Um, <laughs> I've accomplished a purpose today. Um, anyway, all that to say, um, if, if, I'm, if I have a great community on um, a particular social media or a great community on another um, community-based platform, like we talked about World Anvil, um, or if you are in a particular fandom and you're very active there, you know, whatever the case might be, um, but people know they can come back to this hub to find you and everything that you do, then it doesn't matter as much if something else goes wrong because you still have control over the center part. So my website has um, links to where you can find me and all those other places, but the website is where everything resides and that's where everything, everything can find me. So I recommend that. The other thing, the reason I, uh, another reason I recommend WordPress um, is it's incredibly popular. It's ridiculously popular. Literally a third of the internet runs on WordPress. Okay. What this means is anything you ever want to do has already been done. Something has been built for it and there's a tutorial on how to do it. Okay, so you don't have to learn stuff from scratch. And I know, I know a lot of those proprietary builders um, get people in because they say, look how easy it is. But that's a short term win for longer term issues. I would much prefer to take some time to get that, uh, to get started with WordPress um, and then have something that I can keep for the next 50 years. Okay. Um, and yeah, so let me just say that. There we go. And WordPress is incredibly search engine friendly. If you uh, if you know you've heard about search engine optimization and the importance of that, uh, WordPress is very easy to optimize, uh, and it's mobile friendly. You want to make sure you build a site that is mobile friendly. And the other thing you want to make sure you do if you're really after getting some traction is make sure that your website is not static. So an easy way to do that is to have a blog. There's lots of other things. You just want to make sure that something is getting updated on it regularly. That will keep it alive in your search engine results and people will be more likely to find you. So what you would like is when you people, when you put in your name, um, which is fairly distinctive in my case, <laughs> in other cases you might want to put in your name plus books or author or something like that. Um, but you want to make sure that your website's coming up pretty much at the top of that list. And that, uh, that means anybody who's searching for you, you can grab them and now you can pull them in onto your platform and now you can reach them with your message. So there's my, uh, there's my website, uh, chatter. So, um, Oh, literally had no idea that was a thing. What was, was that the websites or, or I'm sorry, was that the backups or, or something else, Kate? Did I, did, I'm slow on the chat, so I don't know how long ago you asked that. Okay. The other, uh, oh, backing up a website. Yes, I, yeah. And most hosts will do that for you to some degree, but I recommend that you, uh, do it yourself because then you always make sure, you, again, you have the control. I'm a, I'm a control freak, okay? This is what this is about, <laughs> control freak. The other thing uh, that is part of your platform core uh, would be your mailing list. And again, if you've been in the publishing industry, uh, you've definitely heard about the importance of having a mailing list or a newsletter. It'll be you know called a couple different things. Basically, again, a way to directly contact your readers. And um, again, it goes back to control. If I'm relying on Facebook to reach people and um, I'm, we're watching Facebook's organic reach, uh, it's, it's approaching zero. Okay? It is, um, it's not a way and, you know, and Hey, they're a business. They're allowed to make money. Like that's, that's how it works. Um, but it means that I, if I want to reach people, um, I can't rely on putting something on my Facebook page and expecting everybody who's liked my Facebook page to see it. Uh, Facebook wants me to pay for that. And then they want me to pay more if I want more of them to see it and all of that sort of thing. And then that's also relying on people checking in on Facebook that particular day, which isn't always the case, or people remembering that they followed me on Facebook now when they're moving to another platform because, you know, all the social media drama that's going on, um, you know, are they still going to be connected with me in some way? Okay. Or do I have to suddenly 
put myself on every single social media platform that exists? The answer to that is no, please don't. <laughs> it's not good for you. <laughs> but anyway, all of that to say is you need some way to contact people directly. And for most of us, the easiest way to do that is a newsletter. Um, I'm happy to answer some questions about newsletters. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. My purpose here tonight was just to say it's important and you should probably have one. There are best practices with the newsletters that I will mention just very, very quickly. You absolutely want to be using a mailing service. Do not just enter the emails of everybody into your personal email account and send them. That is all kinds of problematic and in some cases illegal. So uh, just just don't um, get an actual mailing service and and do that. Um, okay, so sorry, I've got some chat coming through. I want to make sure I get to see. Um, um, <laughs> Bridger asks, doubly self-employed in creativity and behavior and a control freak? Gasp, surprise. Yeah, I was at the behavior conference this weekend, I was explaining, I believe all trainers are control freaks. That's how we get into training. Yeah, that's how that is. So, um, Oh, okay, so PJ Zuvit says that some of the personal emails aren't reaching followers, but MailChimp always gets through. Here's the thing, if you, I can go in and tweak stuff with my mailing service, and this is where you have to, this is gonna get your hands greasy and you're going under the hood. So, you know, if this if this isn't your thing, don't do this. This is, we start with the easy parts, you get, you build onto the rest of it as you need to. But I can go in and do some, uh, technical tweaking to make my mails more deliverable. And, um, and there's things that I can process and watch and, and look for in a mailing list. So yeah, so that's just uh, absolutely something to, to keep in mind. Mailing list services come in a wide variety of pricing. Um, I, uh, I personally use Sendy. I used to use MailChimp. I'm not as happy with them anymore. Um, I use Sendy now. Sendy is great if you have a website and you want to host Sendy yourself and then it's dirt cheap. And if you don't, if you aren't hosting um, your own website, um, then you're probably going to have to pay for a mailing service that's, you know, like MailChimp or ConvertKit or, or you know, there's a lot of them out there. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, if uh, just, have one is the short answer. There are, as I said, best practices um, in the United States. You have to have an unsubscribe link, guys. Like, it has to be there or it's illegal. Um, you have to have people opt in. You can't add them. Uh, if you add them without opting in, it's illegal. Uh, just, just also, it's just really rude behavior and nobody likes it and. Not, it's annoying people doesn't sell books, so don't do that. Um, <laughs> dirt cheap control freak is speaking my language. Yeah, see, right there. Okay. Um, I will actually share a Sendy link. Um, if anybody is interested in that, I will put that in the show no notes. Um, I, I do have a referral link, so I'll be happy to happy to uh, share that, but it's something I'm, I can answer some questions about. I, I've been really happy with it, and it's so much cheaper um, than if I were paying for the same thing on MailChimp. So. Okay, and by so much cheaper, I mean I spend something like 20, 25 cents a month as opposed to $80 a month, okay? I, I'm so much cheaper, right? So um, actually, okay, you know what? People are asking, let me see if I can grab it really fast. Um, we'll see how fast I can make this happen. Um, this will be fun. <laughs> anyway, um, while that's going on, um, I, I see people make mistakes with uh, uh, with mailing lists where they just start grabbing. I'll, I'll just tell you a story. Um, <laughs> I was at an event. Um, this was in the before times when we still had live events. And um, here we go. I'll get this link and share this. Um, and I had a book table next to another person who uh, was, we ended up talking about, um, you know, events and things we were doing to market and whatnot. And uh, he asked if I would be interested in participating in a thing. And I said, yes. And so we were, you know, chatting back and forth and he asked for my email. And so I gave him my email because we were talking about, you know, doing a, uh, you know, sharing some marketing information and whatnot. And um, just about a minute later, I picked up my phone and ping, there's an email from there welcoming me to his mailing list and asking me for um, some information and whatnot. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I didn't 
you just took my email and stuck it on your mailing list. And so, um, so I looked at him, I was like, oh, wow, that, that, you know, autoresponder came pretty quickly or something, just, you know, kind of casually threw that over my shoulder. And he, he just kind of tensed up and went, I didn't realize it would send that fast. Like, yeah, you knew you were doing wrong. Okay, just don't do that. So there we go. Yes, uh, Adam, Sendy is self-hosted. Um, I, I host it. Um, I, I run a bunch of websites off one account. So I have a virtual private server. And so I just throw Sendy on that. But if you have a, um, a shared hosting or any place that you can put your database, you can run um, Sendy off of it. And um, I could run it. Um, oh, PJ Zufit, excellent question. I don't have enough followers to have to pay for MailChimp. Yeah, MailChimp. So you've got probably fewer than 2,000 followers. I think that's the MailChimp cutoff. Sendy, you purchase the software, which I think is $60, $65 to purchase the software. That then now you own that software license. You can buy, you can pay, um, uh, uh, an amount to upgrade it uh, for major changes, but minor updates are included, uh, like major, like uh, most software packages. And then um, you use Sendy to uh, to connect to. I'm trying to hugely simplify here, guys. I'm sorry, but Amazon Web Services, uh, the SES, the simple email service. Um, so you connect Sendy to that. Then you can send your bulk email for SES prices, which I, I'm not kidding. I will send. Uh, I think I sent, can send 5,000 emails for 14 cents or something like that. Yeah, it's it gets so you're buying the software up front, but then you're not paying that monthly fee thereafter. And the purchase of the software up front is not bad. So, okay. Um, yeah, Grace is agreeing. Look, I gave you my business card. Does not mean I want to join the list. Don't be that person. <laughs> okay. I strongly recommend having a double opt-in, meaning people have to sign up for your list. They get an email saying, please confirm that you want to be on the list. So they have to click that again. Then you do not get any accidental signups. If ever pressed, you can say, look, the double opted in on this date. All of that is kept in your software. And that uh, takes care of a lot of that legal pressure and, and record keeping and stuff for you. So anyway, that's why you want a... Uh, a, a proper mailing service <laughs> for this. Don't just uh, don't just throw things uh, into your personal email. It's not not your best option. Okay, let's get back on my um, on track because I got a little excited about mailing lists there. But happy to uh, happy to uh, what am I trying to say? Happy to answer questions about that if they still exist. Kate's mentioning that she bought stickers from an author once and got added to her list. So that's one that's technically legal, but not everybody likes it. <laughs> okay. Um, so if, if you have a business relationship, you can add somebody to your business mailing list. Um, and, you know, so if you've purchased something, then that is a business relationship. However, not everybody's super thrilled to automatically get added to the list. And that's why I strongly recommend having a double opt-in. So, oh, Elena's asking, isn't a double opt-in now required legally? It is in other parts of the world. Um, I think definitely in Europe. I think that's the whole GDPR thing. I think that's double opt-in is required. It is not required, unless that's changed very recently, in the United States. So um, I'm still seeing a lot of lists that uh, are not double opt-in. And curiously, uh, MailChimp uh, recently, I think, changed their default from a double opt-in to a single opt-in. Uh, I They could have changed it back by now, which would be nice actually. But um, yeah, it's definitely one of those things you want to you want to double check because uh, uh, you know, if you're in an area where it's required legally, please have that. If you're in an area where it's not required legally, or if your uh, service doesn't have that as the default, you want to turn that on. So, okay. But yeah, it's just, it's just one of those best practices things. Okay. So if we've got our website and we've got our mailing list, those are the core things. That's where we're going to have full control over the platform and our direct, we can can reach our people directly without any relying on anybody else's tools or anybody else's audiences. But those are not are going to be our only platform. We're also going to see things like, um, like I said, being part of a, a community, having social media, you know, speaking engagements, anything, you know, anything else that's, that's going to be, uh, you know, interfacing with humans. Um, that's also going to be part of your platform. I want to talk a little bit about social media because I think this is where people get bogged down a lot. Um, 
And like I said, I did did some quick Googling uh, just to make sure I was remembering things clearly and where I was finding people talking about being successful with social media as a platform. Um, you know, they said, now remember, in order for this to work, you have to do it all day, every day. And I was like, no, like, I want to write books. Like, that's why I became a writer. I didn't become a writer so I could sit on Twitter. And this was a person talking about, you know, crafting 20, 25 tweets a day and um, cultivating followers and, and, you know, choosing how to retweet for maximum follower benefit. And, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, no, I got stuff to do. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> PJ's event. That's nuts. Yes, yes, it is. Okay. So, this is why I wanted to address it and make sure that everybody understands that you do not have to commit to this in order to be successful. Um, a lot of the advice about you have to have this many followers and, and this is the best way to do that and all of that, if you actually start looking at when that advice was coming out, a lot of it's from 2010, 2012, you know, range. And, People either are still repeating it for some reason, um, or you're looking at a website that's just never updated that. And yeah, I, I will say that I think the playing field was a little bit different in 2010 because Twitter was a newer platform. It wasn't nearly so crowded. And um, and I just think things you know really did feel a little bit different then. Yeah, it's 2021 now. Um, we can do things a little bit differently. We can update, okay? And so I, I've got other stuff to do other than be on Twitter for eight hours a day. Um, so I'm just, the other thing that we do know about social media is followers do not translate into sales. Um, and I looked, I had statistics on this, but I couldn't find them. Um, in the stats were just from a couple of years ago and then I couldn't find them in time for this show. So I obviously put them in a very safe place. Um, but I want to say the number was something about like three quarters of 1% or ish of your followers will will that will be direct sales. So if you have, you know, a uh, thousand followers on Twitter, somewhere between one and two of them are going to buy. You know, based on based on your your reach there. Um, is that across the board? Are there exceptions to that? Absolutely. But that's a small enough uh, return on investment that it's not where I'm going to spend the most of my time. I'm going to spend more time places where I can have a much, much better interaction, like my mailing list. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So I'm just making sure, um, checking the chat again. Okay. PJ's event sends, send a welcome newsletter to ensure it's cool that they're on the list. Yeah, perfect. And I strongly recommend that that autoresponder to start and even like a, a drip sequence to, to, you know, to welcome them to the list, your newsletter, and, and then to give them something, you know, to thank them for being there. Here's some free stuff. And, you know, all of, that, all of those are great plans. Yeah, we can spend lots of time on a newsletter at some point. Um, so, okay. Um, yeah, so the short version is for social media, have fun, do stuff you like do stuff that's working for you and do not feel bad about, I don't have a quarter million followers. Okay. Or I don't have 25,000 followers or I don't have 2,500 followers. Okay. It's way better to have a small number that's highly engaged than a large number. That's nothing. And I, um, I think I'm just going to jump ahead. Um, I'll come back in just a second, PJ. Um, I'm going to jump ahead. I think where some of that was coming from, you know, jump back 10 years ago when you were hearing all of this about the minimum number of, you know, to get published and all of that. Um, traditional publishing was realizing that social media was becoming a thing and it was going to be a big deal and they just didn't know what to do with it yet. And it looked like a nice, easy metric you know, to pick out what was going to be saleable because you had your audience already built in. So at a first glance, you know, that was an easy mistake to make. Um, but I think, you know, as several things happened. Um, one, they realized, you know, if, if you look at me and you say, hey, I like your concept, but you've only got X followers and we need a minimum of you know, whatever, 25,000 or, or whatever, uh, I'm making numbers up. Um, you know, they realized I can say, okay, and come back tomorrow with $25,000 having spent 30 bucks to acquire them, right? Like the followers don't actually mean anything. Um, and the other thing is they realized that followers don't translate into sales. Frequently people follow somebody because they're funny on Twitter, but they don't want to buy their book, right? Like those, those aren't necessarily, um, 
the the same the same audience. So I think we're seeing a lot less of that now. It doesn't mean you still won't hear it. Doesn't mean there might not still be some publishers out there with those numbers still stuck in their in their uh, board minutes somewhere because updating quickly is not what traditional publishing is known for. Uh, but um, that's not where I would spend my time worrying. Okay, um, any savvy publisher will know that social media is a tiny part of your sales. They will know that you know you can reach people. Uh, in lots of ways that aren't just having a huge Twitter following. Um, I'm going to say, don't waste your time. If you're on Twitter and you enjoy Twitter, more power to you. But if you're spending time trying to get followers instead of spending time writing, you're not. that's not the best use of your resources. So the exception to that is if you are writing nonfiction, having a platform, having an established platform is still a valuable tool to um to get publisher eyes in that way, because nonfiction is all about having authority and having um, credibility, and it's way easier to sell something to that from somebody that people already recognize as an expert uh, than it is to be like, "Hi, hey, you've never heard of this person, but change your life based on what she says." <laughs> and um, so it's there is more of that that's still going to be true for nonfiction. Uh, for fiction, it's a lot less true than you may have heard. Okay, so let me check here. PJ asks, how do I avoid going down rabbit holes on social media? Oh, gosh, like if we had that, I could write nonfiction and, and retire. <laughs> um, yeah, so some of this has to do with um, using social media for marketing versus using social media for your personal leisure time. Um, and your personal leisure time, as long as you're getting your work done, have a great time with the rabbit holes on social media. Um for marketing, it's better if you know what your goals are and then you can choose how to engage in a way that furthers those goals rather than just feeling like you have to respond to everything and you have to be everywhere and you have to get, you know, do all the things on all the platforms all the time. And that's not true and it's not going to be helpful for you. Um, if you go in saying, okay, I am going to use this platform for this purpose and this is how I'm going to tell if it's working. Um, that gives you a lot more parameters and then you can uh, make informed decisions. And as far as the follow-up, is it better to be just on one platform or the more the better? I would say pick two maybe as your, you know, this this is where I enjoy hanging out. This is where, this is the platform that I like to use. And, um, and then if you want to do some others after that as secondary, okay, maybe. Um, but it's, again, it goes back to, it's better to have one or two things you do well than a bunch of things you do poorly. So um, I am very technically on Tumblr. I have a Tumblr account with my name on it. I am terrible at using Tumblr. I don't like the format. I don't keep up with it. Um, and I have been seriously considering deleting my account just so it doesn't look bad if somebody finds me on Tumblr and thinks this is the effort I put in when I actually have like much better, uh, you know, presentation on other platforms. So, um, you know, get, do not try to be everywhere. That's not fair to you. Um, and, you know, so pick, pick a couple of things that you enjoy and do those well. So, um, okay. Yeah. So the, uh, have started to equate the magic number to your willingness to exert the effort to market your book. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Shy, you're allowed to like Tumblr. Um, Elena's also like really good at Tumblr. I'm just not good at Tumblr, okay? There are things I'm good at. That's not one of them. <laughs> it's on me. <laughs> I'll just acknowledge that. Um, but anyway, yeah, going back to, to PJ's uh, comment, I think that's one of the things publishers were looking at was, okay, have, have you been putting the effort in? Have you been developing a market? All that sort of thing. And you do need to be willing to market your book. You do need to be willing to put the effort in. But a number of, a big number is not the best indicator of that. Again, if you've got a thousand followers who are rabid fans or 25,000 followers who are like, yeah, I read your once in a while. Okay. Those thousand are way, way more valuable both in um, in terms of engagement and in terms of actual sales figures. So, uh, so yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, all right. So, look, Grace is also Tumblr's low pressure. Oh, you know what? Like, you guys can have a little Tumblr enclave. I'll visit once in a while. I'm just not going to be great at it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, 
so uh, I want to mention too, um, since especially since Shai's here in the chat, um, Shyman Fox is uh, ha has been building a really nice piece of platform on World Anvil. Um, we talked about that. Oh gosh, was that last week? I have no idea. Like time has no meaning, especially when at a conference in the middle. Last week, two weeks ago, I don't know. We talked about World Anvil, um, and uh, so that that would be a great example of having another tendril or tentacle going off in another direction, getting a lot of attention there, getting, you know, developing relationships there. And I just want to emphasize platform. If you think of platform in terms of where am I developing relationships, everything becomes a lot clearer. Okay. Um, so lots of relationships and interaction there. Um, and that's valuable stuff. I then would say, okay, great. That's, you know, it's an awesome uh, front. Um, and then just make sure that you're also getting those people somewhere where you can interact with them directly without relying on another platform. Um, just because stuff happens. Okay. But um, something like that, I wanted to use that as an example, because that's a fantastic way where, you know, you can go off, do something that you love, hang out with people you enjoy and that counts as marketing guys like it, marketing doesn't have to be terrible um you know you can do something that you really enjoy and it will work for you so so i i've said something uh, about you know number of followers does not translate to sales that is largely true i want to point out one possible exception to that that you might see and that is if you are known in a particular community, whether that's World Anvil or Twitter or, you know, pick pick something. Um, and you've been there a long time and you've developed a lot of relationships there. A lot of times those people will buy your first book sale or something um, because they know you, because they like you and they will support you. Um, and that's great. Okay. So um, what I would say is, you know, take advantage of that, you know, not, not take advantage of those people, but those, those people do, Hey, Hey, stop, stop making noise here. I'm working. Um, sorry, Doberman under the desk. Um, and there's, uh, those people count, okay. I'm, you know, not take advantage of them, but those people do count for your marketing purposes, but you get one chance to be awesome. Okay. Because they didn't sign up for your material so much as they signed up for you. So your material needs to hook them if you want to keep them in your fan base long-term. So yeah, there we go. Okay, let's check the chat here, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, Elena's pointing out that she runs 11 Tumblr blogs. Okay, I said she was good at it, all right? She, would you like to run mine? How about 12? Do you like 12? Okay. Um, Really enjoy, PJ Zufit says, you really enjoy uh, doing videos and podcasts, but starting a podcast is terrifying. Yeah, I know. This is, this is why I'm still getting, I had no idea I was going to be streaming, but here I am. Um, sometimes we just uh, experiment with stuff. And, you know, here's the thing. If you find out it's working for you and you enjoy it, great. If you find out that it's not working for you and you don't enjoy it, that's information too. If you find out it's not working for you, but you do enjoy it, hey, find out if that counts as leisure time, okay? You know, just don't just don't count it as marketing. Call it good. All right. Um, uh, oh, sorry, I'll come back to that in just a second, but Bridger's chanting for the dog cam. Hey, come here, hop up. Here. All right, let's get you in real fast. Sorry, she's just, there she is, right there. And I don't know if I can get the dog cam up because I got cameras flying everywhere, right? <laughs> so, um, so let's, oh, look, see, you can buy followers right now. Yeah, like that's, this is why followers don't, um, follow, this is why follower counts don't matter because I could spend a couple bucks and have more. Um, all right, let's get this up. So uh, Shy Red Fox asks if she should be, you know, moving something, moving her author platform, I would say you've got a huge, huge advantage in those relationships that you've developed in World Anvil and the, um, the reach that you've developed in World Anvil. Um, but I would be afraid to, to use World Anvil as my hub just because I don't have control of World Anvil in the same way that I would have control of my newsletter or have control of my um, uh, website. And if you look back a few years, um, you know, some years ago, uh, not that long ago, but I mean, forever in internet years, but, <laughs> but it was only a few years ago that people were saying, oh, don't worry about a website. You can just have a Facebook page. Then you don't have to learn how to manage it. 
and it'll always be there and you can do what you No, because you can't reach anybody with just a Facebook page, right? Like your, your organic reach is minimal. Um, and I think 8% is the high number right now, right? Um, so I just want to make sure that I have something that's future-proofed that I can always get to. So, um, but go ahead and anything that's, you know, anytime you are, you are getting people to engage with you and they like you and they like what you're doing, that's fantastic. That's part of, you know, that, that is platform and that's part of it. Just make sure that then you also have a way to reach them directly. Yeah. So thank you, Random Spammer, for giving us that illustration of, uh, of how that worked. So, okay. Awesome. Okay. Everybody likes the dog cam. Awesome. I can get back to my notes here. <laughs> I understand why you're here. Okay. Like I'm, I'm a nice secondary feature, but we know how this works. All right. Um, let's jump ahead. Okay. The other thing, and I'm going to move quickly so we can wrap up here. Um, the other thing is what, wherever you are on your platform, what, whatever piece of this it is, be yourself, like just be you. It is way, way easier to, um, to feel like an authentic uh, person that people want to relate with if you are being an authentic person. Right. Um, and the other thing is like, uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this cause we've talked about it before in, in the marketing, who am I talks and, and those kinds of things. But a huge part of marketing is filtering out the people who are not your audience. So if you are trying to be all things to all people, um, and then you're going to bring those people in and then you're going to try to sell them something, you're going to have problems with engagement. You're going to have problems with sales. You're going to have problems with dissatisfied customers because they were not your demographic. They were not your audience. Filter them out by being who you are then the people who stay with you are interested in that and they're interested in your work. Um, so, and it's also just way easier because, oh man, facades are hard. <laughs> so um, I'm like, I can make it easy. So, okay. Um, and then along with that, uh, I'll just touch on this briefly because it's 2021 and we've been spending, you know, a horrible few years in politics. Um, and one thing that I hear people talk about a lot is, you know, should I share opinions? Uh, should I share po politics? You know, should I reveal what I think about things? Um, and there's a lot of people I know who play it safe. And I see a lot of people advised to play it safe and just, you know, we'll only talk about your favorite flavors of cookies. Don't talk about politics, you know, whatever. And it's hard to argue with that. It really is. Um, like you can avoid a lot of angst that way. So that, that is a perfectly valid opinion. I tend to be a little more honest, um, just because again, I go back to authentic marketing. Um, and so there's two parts to this. Um, one, I'm actually a pretty centrist person politically. Um, <laughs> it's not to say that my you know, some of the right wing people think I'm hugely left and some of the left wing people think I'm hugely right, but I'm actually really centrist. Um, and I tend to argue against concepts rather than against parties or people uh, as a general rule. So in a typical election year, I might vote for four different parties and I might call out several different things that I'm for or against or whatever. Um, but, but I'm not approaching it in a particularly volatile way. Um, the other thing, so so I feel that that's a little bit safer. Doesn't mean I don't get doesn't mean I don't get drama, okay? But I'm also not a personality type that's like, oh no, that person disagreed with me. Now my week is ruined. You know, so that that's one of those things where you just have to kind of know what you what you like to do. And I don't like to. I mean, I'm not into a slap fight just for a slap fight, right? Um, the other thing, and and this is where I'm coming from on this. And again, there's lots of other people who do it another way. So know what you're going to be happiest doing. Um, but I go back to the marketing and the authenticity thing. If you see me on social media and you don't like my opinions that, you know, women are real humans and bullying is bad and science is cool. And, uh, you know, I have a Judeo Christian worldview about wrongdoing and mercy and redemption and serving people. And if you, if you don't like all of those things, then you're not going to like my books. So why am I trying to keep you with me? <laughs> okay. Cause all of that stuff is going to be in my books. Um, so for me, it goes back to, I'm marketing my brand, I'm marketing my content and I'm filtering out the people who are not going to like that stuff. Um, 
So for me, that is part of my marketing. On the other hand, again, I know I'm a personality type that if somebody says, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you didn't support X. Um, therefore, I'm going to unfollow you and I'm going to tell you why I'm unfollowing you. And I'll be like, okay, <laughs> it's, it's America. You can do that. <laughs> Bye. Um, but if you, um, if that's something that is going to hurt you, then don't set yourself up for that. So this comes back to knowing, you know, do what you enjoy, right? Like first rule, um, if you hate it, you won't do it. So it won't be good marketing. <laughs> okay. So, um, Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't actively discuss politics, but dear God, it's been nearly impossible this year. Right? That's why I wanted to just make sure that I mentioned that. Um, so, uh, yeah. And Shy Red Fox is saying in personal social media, do a tiny bit of politics. My author pen name doesn't touch it. Right. And if you've got a pen name, it's way easier to keep those, um, uh, separate, or if you have totally separate social media accounts, my personal Twitter account is my author Twitter account. Okay. So, um, you know, I, and again, I don't particularly go on a lot of rants on Twitter, but, um, you know, but you could probably figure out where I sit on some issues. And, um, and, and that's, again, I just look at that as that's part of me being me. So, okay. All right. Thanks guys. All right. So, um, so the, the sum up on this is your platform, the easiest way to think about your platform is developing relationships. And I know we say this a lot, but um, marketing is way more about relationships than it is about sales. Sales is one small part of marketing. And if that is wholly unfamiliar to you, jump back to previous episodes because we spent, well, I spent a lot more time on that um, talking about marketing, um, oh gosh, I think in the fall. Uh, <laughs> there's there's some marketing uh, marketing episodes there that would be very uh, much more relevant to that. Um, but if you're if you're worried about how, trying to have a platform, or you're trying to push a lot of sales, you're making your life harder than it needs to be. Think about where am I developing relationships? Where am I interacting with people? Um, and again, in ways that you enjoy, because if you hate it, you're not going to do it. And if you're not going to do it, it's not going to be useful. Okay. Um, so stick to a few areas that you enjoy and do well. And then if you pick up anything else on the side, great, but at least you have that core. Um, so have some place you can reach people directly and have some things that you can interact with people in ways that you and they both enjoy. So that's most of what I had tonight. It might be all of what I had tonight. Let me check. <laughs> so, um, all right. So I wish I was remembering when she did say some things on Twitter. Oh, we've all been there. Okay. <laughs> Who among us has not? Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, are there any questions about this? This, I, this timed out better than I was thinking that I would, that I would on this. So, um, probably because I got on a roll about mailing lists or something. So any questions on this? Or if not, we will wrap up and hop, hop over and raid Elena, who I know has some very pretty things tonight because I saw what she's going to work on. Hey, thank you very much. PJ says this is awesome. Hey, I try to be helpful. I feel like um, I, I've spent way too long beating my head against stuff to not make that into something useful by saving somebody else time. <laughs> so, um, Shias, what are my favorite, more unusual parts of my author platform? Hey, I'm doing one right now. And this is something I never thought I would be doing. Um, my first time ever on Twitch, like on the website at all was in May of last year, not even as a, um, not as a streamer, but as seeing a stream for the first time. I'd known Twitch existed for a long time, but I just had no reason to be here, right? So um, yeah, hi, pandemic, surprise. Um, so um, <laughs> Elena says she's not ready yet. Okay, good, I gotta fill three minutes here. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I've actually really enjoyed setting up this weekly thing. I was thinking about writing a book on um, business for authors because a lot of writers come into writing without, you know, an entrepreneurial background, which is what self-publishing really has to be is it's, it's an entrepreneur, uh, thing. And, um, so that kind of, I was writing that book and it kind of morphed into a stream. And so, I don't know, maybe I should still put the book out. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I'm having a good time. This is, this is something, this is something fun. The other thing that, um, uh, 
uh, again, uh, speaking is, you know, public, again, don't just think of it as social media, which is what everybody thinks of first when we hear the word platform, but anytime you're interacting with people. And so like, I just was speaking at a conference this weekend. That's part of my platform. All right. So, um, you know, and I, and I, I love teaching people. I love doing workshops. Those are so much fun. And, and that's a really effective way to platform because those are people who are by nature of the, you know, of the venue, far more personally engaged than somebody who sees a tweet from random Laura go by. So, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So Bridger asks about juggling multiple branches of the art platform on the same platform, like training you versus writing you. So, yeah. So on Twitter, I have Laura VAB, which is my personal Twitter and my author Twitter. And I have canines in action, which is my animal behavior Twitter. Um, I have considered combining them simply because uh, I think it would be easier for me. <laughs> Occasionally, I retweet from the wrong account. Um, fortunately, nothing. So, does, it, does anybody else remember how how old is everybody in the in the in the chat? Does anybody remember when the um, Red Cross guy accidentally tweeted about getting slizzard, and you know that became a thing because he was talking about you know passing out drunk on the Red Red Cross account. And they turned it into a good thing. They handled it well. But anyway, yeah. So it, I I haven't done anything that um, that embarrassing, but but it, you do, you do have to do a little more planning. Um, I have multiple Facebook pages. Elena has 11, 12, I don't know how many Tumblr blogs. Okay, see there is there is a little more planning involved, and it's up to you how distinct you want those to be you know does everybody know that you have multiple twitter accounts and it's all the one person and but you with multiple accounts just for different topics or are you trying to keep them totally separate because you're writing both sweet romance and erotica and you don't want those crossing over okay so just um you know just a lot of it is setting up your goals and expectations and then making choices to support that um which is sounds really sensible but it's actually amazing how often we try to make decisions to reach goals that we haven't defined. It's something we humans do a lot. So, okay. Um, and PJ Sufit has put a site in the chat, uh, creativeacademyforwriters.com, so that you can check that out. Um, Shai says, this would be a great jumping off point for that book. I've got a lot of the Business for Authors book written. I just kind of stopped because pandemic. Lots um, <laughs> of things. So um, Grace is pointing out something that's incredibly accurate, which is she's getting the impression that the choice of platform is less important than the frequent appearance of cute animals. Kittens do rule the internet. Uh, if, you can, if you can put kittens and you know cute cats and whatever into your uh, stream, you're going to automatically pick people up. Then you have filter out which people are not uh, not appropriate for your for your readership um but i'm not even kidding use your animals why do you think i have a dog cam guys i know you're not here for me you're here for the dog oh by the way she she sank below there now we go there's cute doberman there we go okay um yeah uh, bridger i hope i answered your question about multiple names on the same uh media uh, venue um if, if I didn't make that clear, throw something else in the chat and I'll, I'll follow up. Um, yeah, Grace is combining author and editor because those are close and it's easier than splitting. Absolutely fair. And I'm debating, like right now I've been putting all of this information, which is specifically for writers and creative people, also out on my author platform, which is supposed to be for readers. It probably would be good if I want to grow this to split that off so I can target those demographics more. But that's also a fair amount of work and I'm not making, you know, bank off this, right? This is <laughs> this is something I do for fun and because it's, you know, useful to people, not because it pays. So, um, that said, thank you very much, Shy Red Fox, for your subscription. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Um, so, so yeah. Oh, and Kate has thrown the Red Cross story into the, uh, into the into the chat so there's a link there so you can read how that went um yeah great and um okay awesome so great that is uh there we go that's that's platform in a nutshell i have no idea what we're doing next week what are we doing next week next week is critique next week we are we talked last month about receiving critique next week we're going to talk about giving critique in a useful valid and behaviorally uh uh, 
appropriate way because there's so much terrible information out there on how to give critique and it offends me as a behavior professional, <laughs> so we're going to fix it. Um, all right, and then after that, we have Emmy coming back to talk about historical fiber arts, which is going to be awesome, and all of that. So that means we are ready to hop over um, to raid Elena, who's got some really pretty stuff to show off tonight. Let me see if I can type her name while I'm... Hey, thank you for following. I appreciate it. Yes, it will, it will include an anti-sandwich method rant. I felt so validated this weekend um, because I was attending um, at, the, at this behavior conference and I was attending a, um, it's, it's a behavior conference. It's not just animal behavior. It's, you know, I was attending a fantastic uh, session with Sharag Patel on um, modifying human behavior. And he, uh, I'm going to violate my I'm gonna violate my G rule here for a second, but he was like, "Guys, we we cannot do this shit sandwich thing." Where you're like, "That was good. This is this was really bad, but that was good." <laughs> and, and like that, the, everybody talks about the sandwich method um, as being a good way to offer critique. But everything we know about psychology is this is one of the worst ways we can do it. It teaches people to uh, ignore the positive feedback that we're giving. So yeah, more on that later. Okay. We're going to head over to Elena. Thank you for listening. You can find details on the weekly live stream, upcoming guests and topics, subscription and support information, and more at lauravab.com. Your shares, reviews, and support are very much appreciated. Until next time.